two weeks left in the book of Revelation. Wow! What a, what a joy it has been to study God's Word together. And if you have been with us, you know that last week uh, we studied in Revelation. We just saw this picture once again of where our eternal home is going to be. And it's going to be a place of safety. It's going to be a place of security. And as Christians, we often receive a little bit of that here. But we can absolutely trust the only one that we will find safety and security in is in Christ. And while in part here, definitely in full on that very last day. And that is intended to build a trust in our Lord. And who do we rely on for our security and our safety? It is in our Lord and Savior Jesus. And last week, as just we were being fed from God's Word, it really just came to my heart with this question to say, how do we trust on earth? What does that look like? Because we, have, we know whom we trust in, but what does it really look like to trust God on a day-to-day basis? And we know the book of Proverbs serves us well in this in so many ways. So this is really the question that I want to ask us to consider is how do you trust the Lord? You know, a magazine writer wrote a particular article. It was a little bit of a sobering article that was really her talking about how it was very hard to trust. It was very hard for her because she had bad experiences. She writes, I had bad experiences with my narcissistic romantic partner. Charismatic business partners, dishonest family members and friends that seemed to just dump me. I have learned that people are liars. They are manipulators that use flattery as a way to build fake trust just to get what they want. And she goes on and she reads about, or she writes about, the fact that she found out her problem. She found out what her problem was, and she said it was this. She is not like a black cat. That's interesting. She thought, and she learned, the way of trusting was through how black cats function. She says, when someone comes to the door, a black cat runs away. And slowly over time, they come inside and they see you. And the cat is in tune with his intuition, assuming he is not safe at all times. Cats are totally focused on their own feelings, and so should I. Slowly over time, they can start approaching people. But they are always curious. They take their time. They feel out the vibe. And they allow emotional intimacy to evolve very slowly over time. And so I am going to be 
a black cat. All right, y'all. Black cats is not the ones you should go to for advice on how to trust. Okay, so just so you know, that was not the place to go to consider what does it look like to actually trust it's not black cats. That would be very bizarre. If we as a church applied this, you know, like next Sunday everybody comes in like hiding under the pews, you know, and like, you know, like, whoo, you know, looking around each other. Um, listen, that is not the way we want to go. Uh, though, I think there is something that was good that she was asking. And she was asking, how do I trust? How do I trust? And this morning, we will not be turning to cats, though we do turn to God's Word, particularly written by Solomon to teach you how to trust God, how to trust in the Lord first. Because trusting in the Lord is a foundation we build the rest of our life on. So if you're not turned to Proverbs 3, I want to encourage you to turn to Proverbs 3 now as we study a very familiar passage to many. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, it's one of these verses that are, is written on bookmarks. It's written on every calendar that maybe you have as a Christian calendar. It's going to be one of those verses. It's written on a lot of plaques that are hanging at homes. It is a favorite of many, and it should be, because it is a cherished word from your Lord, a cherished word from your Lord. It's a word about how God directs the paths of your life and how you are to actively trust Him. So this morning, we're going to particularly look at three points as we study this passage. We're going to see that trust, we trust Him entirely, we trust Him exclusively, and we trust Him relationally. So let's read. Let's read Proverbs 3 Starting in verse 1, we will read through verse 10. We will spend most of our time on verse 5 through 6, though it's helpful to see the context that we are studying these verses within. So let us read God's Word together. My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days and years of life and peace, they will add to you. Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. So you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all of your ways acknowledge Him and He will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. Then your barns 
will be filled with plenty, and your vats will be bursting with wine. Well, our Father, as we consider your word, we ask that you would speak, that you would challenge us where we are in need to be challenged, that you would encourage us where we are in need of encouragement. Build in each of us this morning the ability to trust you the way you have called us to trust. May you do your work this morning, we ask. Well, church, the whole book of Proverbs is a wonderful book. Uh, it's a book that often many read throughout the year. Uh, I would definitely encourage the reading of Proverbs. It is a book that is classified as how to put godliness into working clothes. It's, it's a book about wisdom, but it's about wise conduct. It's about wise conduct in such a way that follows the will of God. That's what the book of Proverbs is. And it's a wonderful book because he, particularly here in chapter 3, Solomon actually writes chapters 1 through 9, and he's writing to his son. And he's writing uh, from a heart of love to care for his son to what, how to choose things wisely to position him in a way that grows in the Lord, but also has a high likelihood of a life that, well, we just read. He wants his son to live a long time. He wants his son to be successful. He wants his son to have plenty. He wants his son to follow the path of the Lord. And so he tells him to not forget his teachings. To hide the word of God in his heart. To generously give back to the Lord the very first portion that you receive. And so he is giving instruction of what, is the, what are the wise choices in life to pursue the Lord, and what would the result be? It's a cause and effect here. And I point this out because it's important as we read the Proverbs, as you read the Proverbs, to understand that the Proverbs are wise principles for life. The Proverbs are not pr promises. They are wise principles for life. They are not promises. So, for example... Uh, verse 3 and 4 that we read, write the word of God on the tablet of your heart and you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. That is not a promise. Solomon is not guaranteeing to his son here that as long as he studies the word of God and hides the word of God in his heart that he will find success with God and man. He's not guaranteeing it. He is saying that that will generally happen, though. It's kind of like in our you know, society, we often will use an apple a day keeps a doctor away. 
Well, we all know that's not a promise. If everyone here ate one apple a day, it's not a promise that you will literally never have to go see a doctor. But we do see the point of it, though, right? There is wisdom in eating healthy, and when you eat healthy, it most likely will produce a healthy life. And so that's what Solomon is doing here for his son, because he loves his son. And he wants to help. What does it look like for you to live wisely? You want a successful life? You want something where you find favor with man and God? Awesome. Study God's Word. Oh, you want, you want plenty? You want your vats to be filled with wine? Awesome. Awesome. I want that for you. So honor God with all your wealth and give of your first fruit. You want to live a long life? I want that for you. So never forget my teachings. So as we read this, it's, we read a, a beautiful picture of love. Of how he wants to serve his son. And church, as you read this, you are listening to God the Father loving you this morning. He wants to help you. He wants that for you. He wants you to have a long life. He wants you to have, he, he wants you to have what's on your heart. He wants you to be able to be prosperous. But listen, listen. What he wants is you to follow him the way that he's directing. Because the reality is, is Jesus had the word of God written on his heart. And he found favor with God, but he did not find favor with man. So the reality is, is God's way, the way that God leads, can be trustworthy. And so with that context, let's read verses 5 and 6 together as we study how Solomon desires for his son to follow the path of God. What is the path of life? that God has for him. And he says, if you want that, the key is actually trusting God. So let's look at verse 5 together. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart, son. Son, do not lean on your own understandings. And son, in all of your ways, acknowledge the Lord. And the Lord will direct and make straight your paths. So in verse 5, starts with trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. And I think this just begs a quick question of just what is that word trust? What is that word trust? What is trust? I like to think of trust as the legs of faith. <laughs> That's what trust is. It's the legs of faith. Faith is the belief that God did send Jesus, his son, fully God, fully man, to redeem his people. And trust is following the Redeemer. 
And so we see as we read this verse and we hear trust, there is an action that trust has. It's the legs of faith. The Hebrew word for trust here, it has, it has this original idea of lying helplessly face down. It's this lying helplessly face down. I, we just have to think about it as entirely relying. Entirely relying on another. Scripture uses another example of trying to explain this. And he uses a baby. How a baby would lie down on his mother as he feeds. The baby is in need, has no ability to help himself, and must rely on his mother. But I also think here in verse 5, he helps us see what this word trust means because he He contrasts it. He says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. So now we're seeing, okay, okay, trust is there's this relying on fully as in laying down. And and he uses this word lean, right? He could have said, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not trust on your own understanding, right? Would have been the same thing. But he uses the word lean because I think he's helping us see what does it look like to actually trust. So trusting is a picture of leaning. I am leaning right now on this podium. If this podium at this very second were to collapse, I would as well. With the way that I am leaning right now, I would collapse. It is leaning, it is depending, it is supporting yourself. Who are you supporting yourself on? We kind of think when, when we get older, we will most likely need one of those walkers. You know, the, one with the, the ones with the tennis balls. Um, why don't they just have tennis balls on them when they get them? They have to add tennis balls. Uh, though, we are in need of sometimes the ability to lean on something. We need support. We need to rely on something else outside of myself for help so that I do not fall over. Again, this picture when we say trust in the Lord, trust is a, is a in, relying entirely. And that is our first point that I've been talking about, is trust Him entirely, entirely. And this idea of relying on pictures this. I looked up the definition of relying, because I use that word all the time, and I think about it as I study Scripture, and as I think about my relationship with the Lord, it's to rely on Him. And the definition is, is simple and sweet. It is depending on with full trust. So relying is a very good word here. It is full trust in. And Solomon made this very clear to you, or to his son. God is making this very clear to you here in Scripture. Trust in the Lord with how much of your heart? All of your heart. How many ways should you actually acknowledge him? All your ways. So he wants us to see very quickly, trust him entirely. Entirely. Trust him 
Trust the Lord with all of your heart. In all of your ways, you acknowledge Him. So, as we entirely rely in life, with our entire being, this is trusting. So we see quickly trust, we see rely entirely, but I also say your entire being. Because it says trust in the Lord with all of your heart. So trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Heart in Scripture, the Hebrew uses this word all the time, and it does point to two things. It points to emotions and intellect. It's what you feel, and it's what you think. And that, there's not a whole lot more to you. Right? You think things, you feel things, and now we know that actions come across after that, but there's always thinking and there's always feeling. And so if you were to put all of your thinking and all of your feeling into the Lord, this is trusting in the Lord with all of your heart. I think sometimes we get the idea of trusting intellectually. We study God's Word. We think about God's Word. But I want to encourage you that trusting is emotional. And that's good. That's good. When our emotions arise, we are not to just push them down <laughs> and hide them. No. We're to cast our cares upon the Lord. We don't hide them. We cast them on Him. Right? That's good news. Because He cares for you. Psalm 62, 8. Beautiful. Listen to this. Trust in Him at all times, you people. Pour out your heart before Him. God is a refuge for you. Okay. Trust God. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. It is also pouring all of your emotion to Him. It is your all. It is your mind. It is your emotion. It is casting every hurt. It is casting every fear. It is casting every excitement. We often think of the negatives. But we are to cast what's going great. We are to... He is our all and our, our trust in the Lord with all of our heart is all of who we are. So church, as we see that in this verse, I think we simply have to ask, how do we do that? What does that, I mean, I guess, what does that look like? Okay, trust in the Lord with all your heart, my entirety. Okay, good, good, good. What does that look like? Our second point is you trust Him exclusively. You trust Him exclusively. In verse 5, He says, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. Do not lean on your own understanding. So, let's quickly point out something. This is not saying you're not supposed to use your brain, Tate. 
okay? He's my son. I can pick on him a little bit, right? Uh, this is not saying, do not use your brain. Do not lean on your understanding. It is not saying, do not use your brain in life. That is not what this is saying. God wants you to use your brain. He's given it to you for a reason. Use it. And he's given you a brain to actually seek understanding. He wants you to seek understanding. He wants you to learn. He wants you to be wise. He wants you to grow in wisdom and in knowledge. Look at just Proverbs alone real quick. I'm just going to point out, Five or six verses, real, real, real quick. Hear how God wants you to actually grow and seek out understanding. Proverbs 2 2 says, Incline your heart to understanding. 2 11 says, Understanding will guard you. 3 13, Blessed is the one who gets understanding. 14 33, Wisdom rests in the heart of a man. Of understanding. 23, 23 actually says to go by wisdom and instruction and understanding. <laughs> so we as Christians and, and the Lord's people, He wants you to run after understanding, actually. So this is a good thing. But you're not to lean on it. You're not to lean on it. Ever, actually. Ever. You may not lean on your own understandings. Meaning you can't come to your own conclusions for life. You cannot come to your own conclusions simply by relying on your own smarts, your own perceptions. Your own opinion. The conclusions of life will not be found there. You cannot lean on that. But let's be real together, y'all. This is hard. This is hard, right? Sometimes I mean, our understanding is what's in our mind, and we often think what is actually best for our lives. We have an idea, and it's sometimes convoluted. Is that from the Lord? Is that not? I don't know. Right? But it's like, well, am I leaning on my own understanding or is that like Lord's understanding? Um, but a lot of times we, we lean. I, is, I, I have understanding and I really think this is the direction I need to go. I really think I need to make this move. I, I really think I need this career change. I, right? We don't have to, I don't have to give too many examples for us to all to know. Like, there, is a, there is a need to, to lean and and I think often we want to lean on what we know. Because what we think does affect our emotions. And so when we think it's so right, we then feel it. And now we get a double whammy. Because I'm thinking it's right, and I feel that it's right. That must mean it's right, right? No. Actually, <laughs> uh, so we all know that this is not necessarily easy. Now I want to encourage you with a reality of how God has made you. How has God made you? How has God made humankind? Well, he's made you with a mind that is not able to bear the full weight of reality. 
God has made you with a very wonderful mind. But not able to bear the full weight of reality. Do you agree with that? Do you agree with that statement? Well, just think about the Garden of Eden real quick. There was a reason that God did not allow Adam and Eve to eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. There was a reason why he did not want Adam and Eve, man, to eat from this tree of knowledge. And listen to what John Bloom writes about this reality. He says, you see, in order for man to handle the knowledge of good and evil, one must possess First, the ability to completely comprehend all possible options and contingencies. It's called omniscience. But secondly, one must possess the righteousness and wisdom to choose the right choices. And third, one must possess the power to make reality conform to the right course called omnipotence. There is only one that is omniscient. There is only one that is all wise. There is only one that is omnipotent. And it is not you. And that means that alone you cannot lean on your own understandings. That alone. Though there is one to lean on. <laughs> and it is the one who is omniscient. And it is the one who is all wise. And it is the one who is omnipotent. That is the one you can lean on. And so here, isn't it beautiful in verse 5? Do not trust, I'm sorry, trust in the Lord with all of your heart, but do not lean on your own understanding because it's not going to work. You will not ever be able to see in full what God is doing. But there is one that is trustworthy that you can lean on, and it is the Lord. That is why we must trust exclusively in the Lord. Exclusively. You don't trust in yourself. You don't trust in your friend. You don't trust in your parents. You trust in the Lord. Now, caveat, he uses... Your parents, he uses your friends, he uses the counsel of many, but it never, ever supersedes him. And so that is where you place your trust exclusively in him. <coughs> I think this is what's freeing about this church is that's where you can really just trust him for the outcomes. You just really trust him for the outcomes. Right? You can't trust in yourself. Oh, I got this business plan, and if I do this, and I make this many contacts, and I have these three priorities, and I have these five strategies for every single priority, I'm going to hit my goal. Maybe. It's good to plan. It's wise to plan, actually. But I really wouldn't put your hope and your trust in the plan. I'd put your hope and trust in the Lord. 
But here's what I think is beautiful, is when you trust in the Lord entirely and exclusively, you're filled with joy. Remember, your emotions matter. And your emotions are now filled with joy. Well, think about, think about where your emotions go when you try to trust your own understanding. How does that work out? Anxiety, fear, doubt, anger, judgmentalism. None of those are joyful. But when you trust in the Almighty God to lead you in a way that brings Him glory and you good, that's a happy place to be in life. So trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. So then let's quickly ask this. Okay. Entirely, exclusively. I'm seeing it. But what do you do then? Okay, I knew who to lean on. I know not to lean on my own understandings. I see my weakness. My inability to truly see all that is happening. God is the one who is omniscient. But what do you do then? Well, it's at this point. You do what verse 6 says. You trust Him relationally. You trust Him relationally. Oh, I've been here so many times, and I know you have too. Um, I mean, I've said this verse so many times in my life. I, so it has just happened to be that the Lord has ordained me to have jobs that are 100% commission. <laughs> There's something great about that. You get to trust God a lot. <laughs> right? Because you're like, I don't know how much work I'll have. I don't, will I get paid next month? I have no idea. Right? When it's, when it's 100% commission, right? Well, there's something that is beautiful about that, and I actually I really appreciate that. And I've always said to myself, I really hope my boys uh, have a job that's 100% commission at some point, because it does. There's just something that just, man, you, you really got to not lean on your own understandings. Like, you really need to emotionally trust God's plan and work hard and trust Him. Like, there's emotionally, because you do, you just go to fear so quick. You go to doubt so quick. I just remember uh, <clears throat> living in Richmond, and at that point, uh, I was uh, I was painting cars for a living. But I was like a mobile body shop kind of guy, and so uh, I had this mobile body shop in the back of my truck, and I had accounts right with dealerships, and that was whatever year that was, 2008, right? But that was like I don't know if you remember remember, remember like the economy just tanked, cars GE like shut down. The government had to come buy them out. Remember that? So the car industry, it was nothing's happening. Like dealerships didn't know they were going to be open. They were closing. And here I am driving around, like, hey, you want me to make that car look pretty for you? <laughs> you know? Hey, I see you got a little tiny scratch. You want me to get that out for you for 150 bucks? You know? <laughs> it could just, there wasn't a whole lot of work. It, it was hard. And just I just remember still driving in that tundra down Midlothian Turnpike, feeling so helpless. So helpless. Like, Lord, 
This is what you're calling me to? How in the world am I going to provide for my family? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding, Sean. But in all of your ways, acknowledge him. And that acknowledging is sweet because it's relational. Trust is not just a mental and emotional fact. It's relational. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. Acknowledge Him. Now, the reason why I want to pause here for a second is acknowledging Him is not tipping your hat to Him. (laughs) Acknowledging here in Scripture is not just, you know, Give him a nod of recognition. It's not what is being said. Acknowledge. This word means know him. That's what acknowledge means. And if you read a bunch of translations, it's really fun. Because when, you, you know, when you're studying God's word and you read a bunch of translations and you start seeing in one verse like, wow, that translation used this word. That translation used this example. It's like, why is there so many different words and examples right here on that one word? It's because all of them are, that, that word in the original is trying to capture something that one word really can't. And so in different translations, it talks about give ear to him. Think about him in all your ways. Acquaint yourself with him. Do you see how this picture of relationship? Acknowledge. Acknowledge him. All your ways. Acknowledge him. It's know him. Have a personal relationship with the Father. It it involves conversation. It's a relationship. You know, I had a uh, I had a friend in college that uh, he 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 always had fake girlfriends. Um, <clears throat> serious? Uh, you remember this? Yeah. So so he would like you know see this girl and you know he liked her truly liked her didn't know her name right he made up a name for her and throughout college you know he'd be like hey Brianna. He'd say it from like 80 feet away. She would never know, right? But he'd always like talk to her. Hey, how are you? Hey, have a good class, you know? Uh, and if he got close to her, he'd like walk away. Like it was just the weirdest, it was the weirdest thing ever. Uh, but, you know, he, he always talked about, uh, you know, her being his girlfriend. Um, y'all, that is definitely not what acknowledging means. Uh, okay, that is definitely not. Uh, I'm not in the... I'm not really in the dating advice world too much, but I will give you a little bit of dating advice. If, if you only acknowledge a person's existence, you will not know them. So, that's my advice for you. Don't just acknowledge their existence. Nod. Yep, you're alive. Okay. Nope, you need to get to know them. You need to ask them questions. You need to have conversation. Two-way conversation, actually. Ask some questions. Actually share something real about yourself. Your fears. Your dreams. Your, maybe, just needing some advice. 
Have that with the Lord first. Have that with the Lord first. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your understandings. And in all of your ways, know Him. In all of your ways, know Him. Have a relationship with Him. So trusting God is trusting Him entirely. It's trusting Him exclusively. And it's also trusting Him relationally. So church, are you trusting Him relationally? You know that God is your helper in time of need. Do you often have needs? Yeah. How about every day, every moment, and every breath? And so, your trust is in Him relationally. He created you for relationship. He created you for relationship. And sin wants us to trust in ourselves. And He is helping us say, don't trust in me. I know the way. I know what is best for you. Solomon wants this for his son, and he wants this. God wants this for you. And do you know what the outcome of this kind of trust entirely, exclusively, and relationally is? That he's going to make your path straight. He's going to direct you in life. He's going he's to take you through the path that he wants you on. Do you hear me? The path that he wants you on. It might be different than you want. That's okay. Because it is the path that he wants you on. God, his nature is one who truly directs and shows you the way. Isaiah 48, 17, just be encouraged. This is the word of God. Listen to him, listen to him. He says, I am the Lord your God who teaches you the prophet who leads you in the way you should go. That's who your God is. He is the one who leads you in the way you should go. David is a great example to follow because in Psalms 143.8, you see his prayer relationally. He says, let me hear in the morning of your steadfast love, for in you I trust. Make me know the way I should go. For to you I lift up my soul. You wonder what a relationship with the Lord looks like. That's a great verse. Dependence. And so church, this is, this is exactly why. Exactly why you must not make your heart your counsel. This is why you don't make your heart your counselor. Your heart alone is going to lead you down twisted paths. There's going to be obstacles in the way. But God will lead you down a straight path that He wants you to go. And so if you are finding yourself at all, finding yourself in times of indecision, Tempted to worry about the future. The Lord wants to invite you to come to Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. 
come gain counsel from the Word. Come gain counsel and joy in the midst of those questions as you commune with your Savior. And then I would say, apply Proverbs 11 when it says, an abundance of counselors, there is safety. But we don't go to counselors first. We go to the Lord, the one who is directing that path first. Making decisions on what God has for you is not a solo adventure. It's just not. God first. Other second. As we finish here, I want to point our eyes to consider Christ. It is easy to hear a message like this to quickly just think, man, I'm excited about having direction in life. I just need to go trust God. Okay, pull up the bootstraps. Trust Him entirely. Trust Him exclusively. Trust Him in relationship. Yes, 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 actually, do that. But do not put your trust in doing that. You put your trust in the one who has done it perfectly. And that is Jesus. <laughs> Good news. Good news. Your confidence cannot be placed in yourself, in your ability to perfectly trust the Lord. It cannot happen because you cannot trust Him perfectly. But Jesus did. He did trust Him perfectly. He does trust Him perfectly on your behalf. And this is good news to stand upon. Jesus trusted the Father entirely when He came to earth. Entirely. He came to earth to be a ransom for your sin. To save you from the consequence of your sin. Jesus trusted the Father exclusively when He was willing to go to the cross of crucifixion to bear the full wrath of God for your sin on your behalf. Jesus trusted the Father relationally when He was hanging on the cross, not angry at God or man, but instead praying, Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. Church, because of Jesus' perfect trust in the Father, His death, His burial, His resurrection, solidifies that God will direct your paths when you place your trust in Jesus. That's it. That's it. So know this, when you place your faith in Jesus as being your Savior, the one who has perfectly trusted God, He is now seated at the right hand of the Father, interceding for you, praying for your path. So church, let's end 
by hearing God's word one more time. Trust in Jesus with all your heart. With the entirety of your being. Do not lean on your own understandings. Do not lean on your own intellect. Your own opinions. But instead, acknowledge Jesus. Know Jesus. Listen to Jesus. Acquaint yourself with Jesus. And Jesus will direct your path. Jesus will make straight your path. Let's thank Him. Worship team, you can come on up. We thank you, Jesus, that we can trust in you fully. Fully. We thank you for trusting perfectly. Entirety. We thank you that we do not have to trust our own ability, but we simply lean upon you. So we ask for your grace to help us in every moment of need to lean upon you first and foremost. We pray. Amen.